Hello and welcome to another episode of No Light Paranormal Podcast, where, well, this time two <laughs> nerdy paranormal investigators don't talk about spooky stories from around the web, but instead have a roundtable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> My name is Alex. I am the tech guy, the equipment setter-upper, the Baba Yaga enthusiast. <laughs> And my name is Teresa. I am a researcher and history geek all around. We are not being joined tonight by Joe because of a family situation that he uh, had to attend to. Very important. So we are flying solo this evening for the roundtable. Our very first, I might add. Yeah, our our monthly guests fell through at this point. Well, you know, so I'm I just going to wing it. I'm thinking he had to stay late at work. I am going to go ahead and introduce him anyways, though. We were actually originally planning on having Ken Summers on the show tonight. Ken is the founder of Moonspenders Paranormal. He is also a paranormal author. He's been in the business for, gosh, Probably close to 30 years at this point. Yeah, same as us, really. Yeah, just a a few years longer than us. He is the author of two books that you can find both of them on Amazon. And they're actually pretty inexpensive. I highly recommend you read them. He's a phenomenal writer. Uh, His first one, publication day was September 18th of 2009. It is called Queer Hauntings. True Tales of Gay and Lesbian Ghosts. There's a great little blurb about it on Amazon. You can go ahead and have a peeky-poo. His second book, which actually just released August 27th of this year, is called Weirdly Queer, Exploring the LGBTQ Perspective of the Paranormal, Occult, and Mysterious World. If you couldn't guess by the titles of his books, Ken is a member of the LGBTQ community, and his his books honestly are pretty much written around the idea that not all ghosts are straight people. So yeah, I love it. It's great. I wish that he were here to talk about his books himself, but I promise we will get him on the show at some point. So I also would like to mention that you missed a book of his. It is called Haunted Cuyahoga, Spirits of the Valley. That was actually his first book. That one is, however, not on Amazon. Yep, not in print. Sorry, folks. If you get a hold of this, maybe or maybe not, we can get a copy. You know, I can work on it. I know Ken's got some shit laying around his library. And if you're super super nice when you ask, he might just sign it for you. Ken is also one of the catalysts for the new haunted show that's going to be on television that I'm not going to talk about it just yet. But he did, in fact, film a pilot episode. It did not go anywhere. Instead, they decided to hire big time celebrities to do the show. But it does, in fact, revolve around the LGBTQ community and ghosts, uh, ghost hunting specifically. So very interesting. You will definitely see that on TV at some point in the very near future. But it was kind of his idea that sparked that and got it pushed into the mainstream. Ken is also, we jokingly love this one, 
He is the creator of the orb color chart. That is my favorite part. Exactly. So that is the little chart that you will find online that tells that different colors of orbs have different sort of meanings, if you will, or emotions. Yeah, he doesn't, he kind of rolls his eyes when we're like, yay, you created the color chart. But yeah, we love him anyway. No, that's also because of how just blatantly ignored orbs are nowadays. Sure, sure. But yeah, so I thought that was the coolest. Uh, But yeah, I promise we'll have Ken on at some point. With that said, though, Haunted Cuyahoga Spirits of the Valley. I believe that you can still pick up a paperback copy of it on uh, lulu.com. Just L-U-L-U.com. And it's only like nine bucks for a paperback. It's fabulous. I love it. And it was the 10th anniversary of Haunted Cuyahoga, where he released a special revised edition. And that revised edition is what you can actually pick up uh, on lulu.com. That one was published way back October 9th of 2006. So he has been a very great writer for a very, very long time now. So the irony is with that book, Haunted Cuyahoga, it looks like the uh, cover of the book is a... A negative space photo of place where I've actually camped overnight. Mm -hmm. It looks to be Everett Road Bridge. Just a negative image of that. And I have to say Everett Road is is a beautiful, beautiful spot. Highly recommend that you visit during the day. Go down into the water when it gets warm. Swim around a little bit. Walk around. It's fun. It's super awesome. And if you go after dark, make make sure that you obey park rules, please. Yep, let somebody know. So with all of that beautifulness said, let's get into Roundtable. So we, for my birthday, took a second trip over to one of my all-time favorite haunted places, maybe just because I sort of connect with the place. So we went, what day was it? The Saturday, the what? It wasn't Saturday, it was the Friday. So oh. I think it was... The 18th? Friday the 18th, that was. Yeah, Friday the 8th. No, Thursday was the 18th. We went Friday the 19th. Friday the 19th. Yeah, yeah. So. We braved the blizzard of 24. Oh, God, it was ridiculous, too. We were heading up the highway doing 30 miles an hour. The snow was blowing so hard you felt like you were in, like, like some sort of, like, you know, in space balls where they're like hit like mega warp speed or when ludicrous speed. Yeah, it was ludicrous speed. And you see like all this crazy space matter flying at you. It was just like that. Only it was snow and I was pretty sure I was going to die and I needed the Xanax real, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the story of Ohio, if you will. <laughs> Uh, only only real snow that we've even had so far yet this winter uh, and we just happen to be driving two hours in it to get to a haunted location yeah if you know anything about ohio we have this thing called a snow belt and we literally drove right into the middle of it like mm-hmm. th- where it got the worst into the middle right out the other side it was it was just just fabulous and then what I can say is if you know anything about brick buildings in the wintertime that don't really have any heating and cooling, brick build so bricks are fairly insulated, which mm-hmm, means mm-hmm. in the summertime they stay real hot. But this building is very, very old. The insulation's not amazing anymore. Well, the insulation still works. The problem is when the wintertime when those bricks get cold, it stays real, real cold. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be warm for like 
two weeks before that building warms up. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, it was probably no more than 30 degrees in that building all night long. I would um, say probably less than that. It was probably five degrees when we went. The building itself was probably 20. Like Yeah, what I can tell you is that it was the absolute coldest evening of our lives. We were only able to stay until about midnight, even though we had gotten there just a pinch after eight. Uh, because we were we were literally freezing to death. It was it was awful. So yeah, yeah, we only stayed a few hours, but in those few hours, holy crap, we got some major awesome EVP action, and we actually had a really interesting conversation with, you know, those those cat balls that if a cat bats at it, it lights up different colors. So we actually got some really, really nice, super cool activity with that. We were asking questions, and we were getting answers in the form of, if it was a yes, the ball would, would light up, and if it was a no, it would stay dark. And this session went on for, gosh, what, eight uh, or ten minutes? Yeah, I was just saying somewhere between the five and ten mark. And, yeah. and let me preface this by saying that, you know, you watch those shows on TV and, like, the lighting up the flashlight, the turning off the flashlight. There's there's times where I'm sick thinking, you know, absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally watched this stupid conversation happen with these cat balls, right? <laughs> and I say stupid because the first whole, like, five to six minutes, I'm thinking, like, this is absolute ridiculous bullshit. <laughs> and then you threw out the cat ball that kind of didn't work. Yeah. Uh, by kind of didn't work, I mean, it didn't glow the same colors. It, it was, was there's much, like, there's much like dimmer. A, a white, a red, and a blue light in these things, and it sort of just swishes back and forth between these three lights, almost like a friggin' police light bar. The red and the blue were the brightest, Yeah, right? and the blue one on this new one was not working. It was just the red and the white. And I would say the red was barely working. It was yeah, more it was, orange. It looked like it was dying. It was not cool. So she threw out this cat ball that didn't really work all that well and then the <laughs> whatever was quote unquote responding to this original cat ball with all the bright lights it literally stopped playing with the cat ball mm-hmm. it was like no i don't want the broken one yeah yeah so so i'm like oh i'm sorry you know i didn't mean to offend you by handing you this this you know broken ass cat ball uh so i took it away and sure, shit, it started lighting up again. She was, we believe it was a female spirit, was content with her light bulb that actually worked. Uh, and we have all of this on on recording, so on video and on audio. And there's quite a few really good EVPs in there as well, which I'm going to be uploading to the page tonight so that you guys can hear a few of them. We were going to try to broadcast them over, over the, the podcast here. But technical difficulties and the fact that I don't think we have the right equipment for that to work out quite right just yet. Uh, so I think we do. It's just that I haven't had the time to sit down and like enter. Like, don't get me wrong, right. we could quote unquote pause long enough and just interject them. But right, that's that's too much. Like I would rather just go ahead and play with it. And I think that I had it all set up, but due to our technical difficulties and our third person not being able to join us like <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of just threw me off and yeah that's yeah that. yeah I mean, it, it was this week was just a massive dumpster fire in my not so humble opinion but that said the ironic hilarity is like even the audio like as soon as she took that second ball away that didn't work well 
You can literally hear me at the auto say, you, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, actually, he says, you, you, you must be shitting me. You got to be shitting me. You got to be shitting Something me. Something like that. <laughs> uh, which I thought was absolutely freaking hilarious because we have been doing investigations for a long time and never once have I heard such disbelief out of him. So I was giggly to say the least. <laughs> but yeah, super hilarious. Anyway, yeah, so that was that was Madison Seminary, by the way. I just wanted to make sure that I shout out to those guys. The owner is a fabulous person. And because it was so incredibly cold and we didn't get to stay too long because we were risking hypothermia, he is actually going to let us reinvestigate. Yes, reinvestigate <laughs> on that same on that same dime because he's just fabulous. Adam Kimmel, thank you so much. We do appreciate you. And we do love the building, so... Oh my gosh, that building is just... I love it. But yeah, so as we're as we're speaking right now, I'm actually uploading a couple of EVPs that I've turned into video format on the No Lights Paranormal Network page. So you do have to become a No Lights Paranormal Network member, which you can do from simply going to No Lights Paranormal on Facebook and joining the actual community page. Yep. So just search No Lights Paranormal Network, and that's just a Facebook group. So you mm-hmm. just click the join group button and we'll, we'll approve it. Yep. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even sure that you have to be approved to join. Uh, I don't know whether it's public or private. I I don't don't remember. But if it's not, then we'll we'll get you. No big deal. So yeah. yeah. Anywho. So that said, being as that Ken was supposed to be our third, my actual general idea for this podcast was being as he is what you would call our mentor. It really uh, is. As far as when we started, he was just getting started, but he kind of like leaned us into it. Yeah. So so let's explain this just a tad. We were actually looking for we we got really interested in in investigation and we wanted to start doing investigations. And this was before we even had an inclining of a clue that we were going to start our own group one day. And we just happened to find Ken with Moonspenders by doing some searches locally because he lives very, very close to us. Well, originally we found him through like spirit paranormal or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And he had been working with them. Out of um, like Monroe Falls. Yeah, yeah. So eventually we ended up just just sort of really kind of connecting with Ken. He became a good friend pretty quickly. And he sort of mentored us through becoming investigators and learning what's what and the ropes and all that good stuff. And he got us introduced to a lot of the spirits in the Chicago Valley, which uh, where we have spent many, many uncountable hours and will continue to do so over the course of our lives. Beautiful stuff. So, yes, he is technically our paranormal mentor. So either way, my original plan was to go through like ghost hunting itself, like kind of. Not so much stories about when we started, but like, say, equipment and evidence. When we started, where ghost hunting is at now, and where do you think it might go in the future? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly when we started, it was kind of a different ball game. It was a lot less digital. We had audio tapes to contend with. Mm-hmm. We're uh, talking like High 8 and cassette. We, we're, uh, high 8 was... When we started, it wasn't even. Yeah, there wasn't a hiatus. It was VHS when we started. (laughs) (laughs) I would say audio cassette when we started, 35 millimeter cameras when we started. Mm -hmm. So if you think ghost hunting is expensive now, 
oh my gosh, eight bucks a roll at that time to develop, let alone the fact that you pay, you know. Uh, I feel you was more, more like 10 to 15 bucks a roll to develop. Well, uh, at one point, I think it was closer to eight. You were, I think it was eight, and then, but we usually got like the doubles. Yeah. Uh, so it was like doubles. 16 bucks a roll yeah, to we develop. spent all friggin' kinds of money. And so. you buy... Five rolls of film for twenty bucks, and then still have to develop it at sixteen bucks per roll. So, let alone the fact that you are going through cassette tapes. Cassette tapes are only what, like, I think they're ninety minutes total. So you're looking at like forty five minutes per side. Depends. Yeah, and it's some some of them are sixty minutes total. So yeah, and we'd be at it for hours and hours and hours. So you're going through four or five or six cassette tapes, front and back. Every single time you go out, and those bitches did not get any cheaper than they are now. Holy crap. Yeah, and back then it was pretty rough in the fact that you almost had to have an external mic. Yeah. Plugged into your cassette recorder. Because the mechanical interior noises of just it spinning so much would just be like whirring. All you'd hear is whirring sounds. It was wicked. So when we call ghost hunting a professional hobby, that's because at the point where we started, it it, it costs it costed enough to be a professional hobby. Exactly. Like you, you spent, mo- you know, you can count out paying to go to places because you paid that in a weekend just to develop film and record tapes. Exactly. So hobby, because it really was a hobby, you don't get paid for it, but a professional one because you pay out the ass to actually do it. I would say even back in the day, it probably cost us a solid 150 to 200 bucks a weekend. Oh, every weekend. Every weekend we would go out and every weekend we would drop no less than 150 bucks. I mean, you're talking like gas money, batteries, film, uh, cassette tapes. You're talking 20 bucks on film and then 20 bucks a pop times five to get, or yeah, about 15 to 20 bucks pop times five to get that developed was another hundred bucks. Yeah. Plus gas money, plus cassette tapes, easy 150, 200 bucks a weekend. Right. You know, it really kind of makes me think like, you know, people would tell stories in the past of, oh, when I was in school, I would walk uphill both ways and snow up to my asshole. Yeah. Well, when we were starting ghost hunting, we would spend 100 to 150, maybe $200 every single fucking weekend. And sometimes you would listen to four or five of your cassettes and get absolutely nothing, but you can't record over them. Because that can create issues with a double recording. So then your view mess up any evidence you might get. Absolutely. And to be fair, that is not bragging at all. That is saying, like, this shit was garbage. Uh, I wouldn't say garbage. We We did our best with what we had. (laughs) And, you know, we had film cameras and not digital cameras. So, Uh like, then you had to, like, as opposed to, you know, kind of studying your digital pictures that you take now, like you had to super be like constructed, like criticizing your own film back then because you're like, well, is it double exposure? Did somebody yeah. not put the developer in right saying, You know, some sort of a light anomaly or something that, you know, that has thrown it off where, you know, these days there's so many different like, Features like facial detection and, you know, resistance to reflections and things like that. You can't get a double exposure with a digital photograph. 
So like it just, oh goodness gracious, there was so much. But then we have other things to contend with nowadays, right? So, so like, you know, with digital audio, we have, you know, audio recorders that have noise cancellation in them so they don't pick up any background noise. Yeah, which and, also excludes a whole lot of would-be great EVPs because they come out as background you noise. You feel like that's certainly a possibility, right? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I could be way off. It could pick up better, I don't know. But uh, a lot of EVPs back in the day really did sound like background noise. And these days, with it saying, no, we're not going to pick up background noise, am I losing shit? Like, where's my EVPs? It, it's hard to tell because I feel like if there's an audio recorder that tried to cancel out background noise, so like, say you're recording yourself and I'm talking in the kitchen, it would try to cancel me out if I was just a low volume. Right. right? So clearly with EVPs, the, the decibel range is a lot different than a normal voice. Yes. So is it canceling out EVPs that are there? It's really hard to say. And alternatively, like, what's the difference between the older digital recorders and the newer digital recorders? Other than supposedly they have better, like, anti-background noise. So, like, Mm -hmm. the problem is it's a lot harder to transfer digital audio files from the older recorders Mm -hmm. than just the new recorders. But then again, if you take... Old style cassettes, they recorded sounds based on magnets. So if you take magnets out of the equation, then you're no longer dealing with electromagnetic waves. So is that messing things up being spirits are thought to be made of electromagnetic energy? Uh, that's that's hard telling, and I know we've touched on it a little bit before. But I have literally talked to people that are like audio engineers, Mm -hmm. right? There is a guy not far from us that makes a very advanced audio listening device. Yeah, yeah. The Geoport. And even he was like, I really, he, he said he's looked at the schematics and he doesn't really understand how digital audio recorders record. Right. It just doesn't make sense to him. He doesn't get it. And this man is an engineer. And he's like, I don't know. So, like, I, I, it's so hard to have faith in those devices when we can't even figure out how the hell they record. I prefer just knowing how my shit works. That's all. Like, so the more technologically advanced you get, the more skepticism I have. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if that's due to skepticism. You know what I mean? Well, right. Right. Just because I'm not smart enough to figure it out, you know, uh, I'm a tech apprentice and not a tech wizard anymore, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all just tech apprentices, to be perfectly honest. But I would say just because I'm not, you know, savvy enough to figure it out doesn't mean nobody knows how it works. It's just one right. of those things. It is what it is. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. But anyway, we also, gosh, what else? I know that. Ken didn't get an opportunity to use it, unfortunately, but he actually brought a full-spectrum camera into the mix as well, which I thought was super cool. But we were so incredibly cold. We could like see our breath in front of us. Pulling out cameras like that, was it was useless. It would have been absolutely useless. We got nothing but fog or mist or, you know, foggy lenses. It would have been And to be fair, useless. there are certain points where our DVRs, like the one that was close to the window, like, yeah, seemed useless. pretty foggy at one All point. Foggy. Like, yeah, and you can't you can't operate like that. You just, you you don't yeah. 
It sucked. It was so cold. So freaking cold. Still a good time. Still totally worth it. It was just not something we were going to be able to cope with all night. Right. Right. But I am wholeheartedly looking forward to going back 800 million times, even if Adam Patton been awesome enough to give us, you know, another investigation uh, to make up for that one sucking for us. I still would be going back. So oh, most definitely. Yeah. I'm, I plan to support the place as much as I possibly can. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So that was kind of the previous, uh, some of the current equipment we're using. Again, DVRs, go figure weren't really a thing unless you were super rich back when we started yeah those things were wired and over a thousand dollars back when we started playing around in fact i remember our old buddy dino from tennessee the first time i went to waverly the dvr that he had was i want to say it was a fifteen hundred two thousand dollar dvr yeah it was stupid but it was literally like wiring cameras into a transformer box. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, there was no plug and play. Yeah, that didn't exist back then. They were all wired, and they were not all like just plugged into a box with like a USB cord or an AV jack. They were like unscrew these wires, like you're figure out a light switch and screw these into the right thing, and hopefully you don't have them backwards. Yeah, Waverly Hills and. Three out of the four cameras backwards. <laughs> Not a good time. <laughs> no. You want to know the best part about that? The way that technology has, has you know, grown leaps and bounds and better this and better that, that, that DVR system that we used for Waverly that first time that we went was put into a red little luggage bag and thrown in the garbage just a few weeks ago because that's how much it's worth now. I mean, it's true. And to be fair, like like I said, that DVR system was like wired into like a transformer looking box. That's oh, what the cameras were wired to. Crazy. And there was no plugging a monitor into it. So like you just kind of hooked it up and hoped it worked. And when you got back, maybe you see something, maybe you wired yeah. backwards like I did. Maybe you got <laughs> something. <laughs> so yeah, I mean you know, we grew up watching like ghost centers on TV and they showed like the uh you know, their thermal camera, and we're like, we're never going to have one of those. Yeah. those are, uh, we have, what, two? So they're not video thermal cameras, yeah, but they're two still thermal cameras. image thermal cameras that, that we have. Uh, we still don't have the video one, which I would like to get, but the still image ones are pretty awesome. We have the wireless DVR units that have their own network that record on. And we have eight, eight of those bad boys, so we, we can cover quite a bit of space with those. We have the standard Canon, like, Rebel digital camera. It's the DSLR version. It's not, like, a mm-hmm. cheap digital camera. It's yeah. Like, uh, hefty. I mean, it's a few years old now, but in its day, it was it was actually quite expensive. See. And that one actually, we didn't spend all that money to purchase it for Paranormal Investigation. That's actually a camera that originally was purchased by my dad for taking pictures when they went on vacay to Hawaii. And it did take some amazing pictures. And, uh, you know, over time, it just it just sort of became mine and it got turned into the ghost hunting camera. And then we have two GoPros. And don't get me wrong, I love the GoPros. The GoPros are great. If I were to say anything about GoPro and GoPro, if you're listening, make a GoPro with night vision. Please. 
Because, because my without, $500 goat pros are kind of worthless. They're honest to God, useless for paranormal investigation. Absolutely fun to play with. Just useless for paranormal investigation. Yeah, when we released the snapping turtle that we fostered last year in, in the summer, we you know he put it underwater and he got these amazing pictures of of little tiny fishes swimming in the Cuyahoga River, and it was beautiful and awesome and amazing. But yeah, no night vision for for ghost hunting. It is useless. Absolutely. So do not spend your money on GoPros for ghost hunting. You will regret it. Again, or for everything else, they're great. <laughs> again, nothing, nothing against GoPro. I just wish they had night vision. That's all. If they would create night vision, I would be like, yeah, I'd be. I like, would definitely say this. Definite. It's this day and age, the technology has advanced enough, and the mm-hmm. prices have gone down enough where you could add night vision for the same price that I probably paid for those GoPros. Exactly. Exactly. And with the video quality. The the motion sensing quality, how it doesn't blur with motion effects. GoPros are fantastic. Right. My In fact, like God, I said. Put night vision on it. Yeah. In the daytime, they're better than my DVR cameras. Oh, they're amazing. By far. Yes, I love them. I absolutely love them. But please, for the love of God, give them night vision. Uh, anywho, though. Also, what I would say to anybody out there that is stocking equipment or trying to figure out what to get next for your equipment... Listen, nowadays, camcorders are a lot different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you could only get like a Sony camcorder or a JVC or a Canon camcorder. Nowadays, you get these weird Chinese brand camcorders that seem like they're a really good deal because they're like 150 bucks on Amazon. Let me tell you straight up, when you're using the audio, when you're using Night Shot, your battery is going to last you literally about five minutes. Yeah, you're running through a three-hour battery in literally 20 to 25 minutes, and it's just gone. Don't. Just don't waste your money. Holy crap, don't. I will tell you that my 2005 Sony Handycam is much better mm-hmm. than anything that you can buy today unless you, you know, spend the same five to $800 that I spent. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You can buy a new Sony camcorder, and, you know, and those they, are like five, six hundred bucks. I got to be honest. If one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollar a camera is the only thing that's in your budget, okay, that's fine. But buy as many batteries as you possibly can because you're going to run through them like a crazy person. Yeah, literally, just understand that the battery's not going to last. It's it, audio is bad, but the the night vision, holy crap, that drains the battery so fast you can literally watch the bar going down. Well, so our third member, Joe, uh, he got one. And he got one, and he spent more on it than we did on ours. It was on sale when he got it, though, which is why he decided to go with that one. Right. Uh, and he spent more on his than we did on ours. But mm-hmm. when he actually got it in and we looked at and I'm going to be the first one to tell you, you can tell when something's going to be wrong with something by weight, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we pulled at the battery, and we pulled at the battery versus the lithium-ion battery that I had for our Sony Handycam way back in the day, mm-hmm. like a 2005 model. Yeah. The battery weighs like two ounces. Yeah. I'm like, this battery weighs as much as a AA battery. Like, it, it cannot last long. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, great idea to have that camera, but I mean, 
Holy crap. I mean, at this point, you're almost better off using night shot on your phone. <laughs> uh, if your phone has night shot, that's, oh, that's my, very good. Most, most new phones, I think, do. But yeah, yeah, batteries. Lots and lots and lots and lots of camcorder batteries, my friends. So all I can confirm is way back in the 90s, the one lesson that my dad taught me, and especially when it comes to things like electronics, is you get what you paid for. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I learned that same exact lesson. You get what you pay for. And if you're like, why is this camcorder $700 and this one's $150? Well, there that's why. Because <laughs> mine lasts for four or five hours and yours lasts for... Two seconds. Five or six minutes. Yeah, exactly. So I saw this really adorable meme that I totally had to talk about. It's this little chihuahua dog in a pink sweater. And on one side of it, it has a little caption that says she's getting ready for work. And she has this, like, horrible, mean, growly face, right? Like, total bitch chihuahua dog. And then on the other side, it says she's getting ready for ghost hunting. And she's got this cute little smile on her face. And I just thought that was so me. It's me in dog form. Uh, I mean, speaking of little dogs, uh, that's also my boss in dog form. Uh, yeah? She has two little... I don't remember what kind of dog she is. It's either Yorkies or like Scotty dogs. Both are cute. And so she loves her little dogs. And it wasn't until like two weeks ago that I realized that she was even into ghosts. It was when we were going to Madison. Oh, yeah. Because she literally messaged me as soon as I put in for my two hours of PTO. She was like, you're leaving early? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going ghost hunt tonight. And she's like, you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and I'm told that she's going to be headed with us when we go to Waverly this week. Uh, I have thoroughly invited her to Waverly because she lives down in the Cincinnati area, which oh. is a lot closer to Waverly than yeah, we are. a lot. And I was like, hey, what are you doing the 18th of April? You want to go with us? And she was like, yes, please. Love it. <laughs> Love it. The more the merrier. So that sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. That's fun stuff. Yeah, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't get any better than that. Like, you want to go go something? Cool. Let's go. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. We're probably going to end up having to take at least two cars, though. Holy crap, we got a crew going with us. Uh, yeah, I would say, so with you and I, it's probably going to be at least me, you, Ken, and Matt in a car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think we're taking anybody else from up here. Well, I mean, well, Joe is going to have his cousin and her kids Andrew. and Andrew. So he's going to have five people in, in his car. We're going to have at least... We're going to have four. We're going to have four in ours. And then we'll pick up her along the way when we pass Toledo. And... Cinti. Cinti, whatever. <laughs> that's way further south. <laughs> and then, oh God, so that's that's a lot of people. And I feel like we're s- still not counting somebody, but I can't really think of who. Uh, let's see, there's Joe, there's his cousin and her kids. Cousin, there's Andrew. Kids, Andrew, Joe. So that's, that's five, obviously. There's me, you, Matt. Ken. Ken, Liz. Is That's, my boss. That should be it, right? 
Okay. Oh no 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 no! There was a girl, the girl with the the photography girl that Joe invited for Sanika. There you go, there you go. I There's have... the variability if Sanika goes and if Christine and Madison decide they actually want to go and they're gonna uh, yeah, put there. Yeah. So we could potentially have like 13 people. That would be that's gonna that's take at least three cars. Yeah, that's a lot. Somebody's somebody else's. And gonna that's gonna take three cars from up here. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. Liz is the only one that lives closer than we do. Like everybody else is from up here. Oh, that's a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. I hope that fun little restaurant down there in Louisville isn't, like, pissed off that we just bring in, like, an entire football team. The wise move would be to figure out (laughs) and possibly use my enterprise discount. That's not a bad idea, actually. I mean, to be fair, it's only a deductible. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind taking my car. I'm not going to wreck the car. And at that point, I can afford a seven-passenger car for the weekend. So that would at least cut us down to two cars. Two cars. That'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens. So there was a topic that was brought up the other day that I totally wanted to discuss because I just think that this is hilarious. You said something about what, what, what newspaper was it? It was the Barberton Herald, was it not? I think so. Are you talking about the Facebook post that I saw? It was something about, have you seen the Barberton werewolf? Yeah, apparently we're talking werewolf sightings in Barberton, Ohio. What? Why are you trying to touch a weird spot for me? Because I love it and I want to talk about it. Then talk about it. So let's see. The Herald Specialist says... Have you spotted the Barberton, Ohio werewolf? Have any of you had mysterious encounters with a werewolf lately? We've been hearing some wild tales, and we're curious if anyone else has a story to share. Whether it's a howl in the night or just a shadowy figure in the moonlight, spill the beans below. Or if you've got any tips on how to stay safe from the Barberton werewolf, we're all ears and tails. Which I thought was humorous. Well, here's your tip. Don't get out of your car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and probably don't go outside, like if you're somewhere where that may or may not be. And then somebody actually posted, There, several people actually posted some photos of things that they found. And one of them is a deceased cat that is missing its head and most of its fur. My dog could do that. To be fair. Well, that's what this is. It says, <laughs> I found this yesterday outside my back door. You tell me what ate its head and stripped its hair. Any scavenger, to be honest? Any like, scavenger, Have you been literally. looking recently? Or has it been three days since you looked at your back door and you just found a dead cat with a Which missing head would and be there? Just awful. Let me see here. It says, yep. My best friend lives across from Old Ritzman's. She takes her dog out at 4 a.m. Her dog and wolf locked eyes as it was walking on Ritzman's side of the road. It was close enough to scare the bejesus out of her. This was just a couple months ago. All right, so pause. Old Ritzman. Where would Old Ritzman be? Because Old Ritzman that I know of is the one that's by where Zugari is. Yeah, correct. That is correct. But that's Finney across the street. It's literally by the Norton High School. I mean, there's some condos back there. Are there? Yeah, back behind. Uh, well, back that, behind that the high warehouse school. warehouse shop. I don't know. I don't know, dude. No, but she said across the street from Old Richmond. So across the street would be the side of the street that Benny's and the high school is on. One way or the other, even if she lives back there, okay, fine, good. But she's saying that her dog and wolf locked eyes. 
as it was walking on Ritzman's side of the road. Huh. Oh, that's like interesting. And wolf. What does she mean by wolf? Werewolf or like? I think that's what she meant. I don't think she has a dog and a wolf. That would seem like both of her dogs locked eyes. You know what I mean? Be a little weird. Yeah, no, I think, but but she said wolf specifically rather than like werewolf or something uh, akin to that. I mean, to be fair, in the forested areas around here, I would not be surprised to run into a coyote every once in a while. Oh, I'm sure coyotes are everywhere. Or what you would consider like a coy dog. So like coyote wolf hybrids. Exactly. We have actually so, lots of those up in the Cuyahoga Valley. Like I have literally seen coyotes in Ohio that were bigger than Leska. Oh gosh, yes. Bigger than my Malamute. Mind you guys, our Malamute was like 150 pounds of fluffy awesomeness. Well, ours was 115. They were about as big as Smoke, who was 170. Smoke was a little bigger. He was like 170. And I just want to point out, though, that this story is focused on the area by Foxglove Apartments, which is... Which is just north of Silver Creek. Yeah, it's like literally right by the the Silver Creek Metro Park. And there have been reports of werewolf-type critters running around Silver Creek since the early 1800s. So I don't know what people are seeing. So what I can say is that I cannot confirm or deny, but what I can say is that going down Johnson Road... To work in Barberton one night in a fall night, uh, I did see. We'll say something. Some things that I cannot explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, I mean, they they cleared the road in a single bound, so like there was, and they didn't slow down to look at me. Yeah, so this is how interesting this story is. He's headed home from work, and he hasn't gotten home yet. No, I was headed to work, and to I work. texted I'm you sorry, when I yes. got there. And, and yeah, so, so my husband messages me and he says, I've just seen something. And I'm like, what do you mean? Something. <laughs> and he starts telling me that he saw these two furry upright things head out of the woods and leap clear over the roadway and land on the other side. They were going like from the side that soggy bottom farmers on. Into the park? Into Silver Creek. Gotcha, gotcha. It's Foggy Bottom, actually. I think it's Soggy Bottom. For I don't else. know what it is, but these people have a camel. It's awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people are seeing. I don't know if there is, you know, some mythical creature out there running through the forests of Silver Creek and by proxy, Barberton, Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. But nevertheless, I even told my wife, I was like, hey, look. I don't know what the hell I saw. <laughs> I was not willing to confirm or deny anything. And to be fair, it was 11 o'clock at night. I was on my way to work. And it was not slow moving. <laughs> so it's not like I could sit there and watch it. Yeah. So weird shit. I would love to know, though, audience, what is your take on cryptids such as you know werewolves and dogmen and grassmen and you know things of that nature i would i would love to hear well here's a little side project for you Uh-oh. all right that i can confirm for you and i was much much younger at the time probably like seven 
one thing my wife knows about me is that I was a military brat for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Stepped out was in the Navy. I was in Scotland for two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Behind our house in Scotland was a small half wall that ran all the way down, like the equivalent of me, like apartment complexes. They were like townhouses, really. So it was each one was like two stories, and they were literally just side by side. Well, like condos, kind of. Kind of like condos, right? And then for the whole length of whatever complex on that side was, there was like a, it was like a third of your body, really. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, the thing, the wall probably went up to like my thigh. Back then, it went up to like my chest. And there was just a giant field behind our house, old barns, wood surrounded that. I have literally watched a dog stand up on two legs and walk through that field and into the woods. But again, we're talking about Scotland. Uh, yeah. Scotland is a different beast. The whole UK is a different beast. Correct. That's what I was getting ready to say is that that is the land of weird shit. <laughs> I'm not saying back then I knew what it was, but I knew what I saw. All right? <laughs> now, I I will happily go scampering off through the woods in Scotland and just see what I see. Nowadays, I would. Back yeah. then, I was fucking Back terrified. Then, oh gosh, right? I was seven. Too, yeah. All right, yeah. I was seven. I didn't go outside after dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, there actually are a lot of different cryptids in the state of Ohio. The first one worth mentioning, I think, is the Loveland Frogman. Yeah, there's a uh, Frogman Festival coming up pretty soon here. Yeah, exactly. There's the Cedar Bog Monster. Now, that one I'm relatively unfamiliar with, but it's similar to like a Bigfoot creature. And it hangs out in the wetlands of Cedar Bog, Ohio. Uh, It was first spotted, I believe, in 1945. Then we have the Charles Mills Lake Monster. That one I was completely unfamiliar with until just recently. It was first spotted in 1959. It is a completely aquatic monster. Everybody knows about the the dog man and it's been spotted all the way from 1887 clear up to, you know, probably yesterday. Uh, everybody knows about Mothman and how that goes all the way back to 1966. Now, one super fun one that I found was Puckwudgies. <laughs> Do you remember hearing about those? I remember watching a whole ass documentary about that. Yeah. To be fair. Puckwudgies, three feet tall dudes with little ears and gray skin and spikes on their back like a friggin' porcupine. They have faces of like rats, basically, but they're 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 humanoid in the fact that they stand on two legs and then you know their body and their arms and their head. Very human-like. But yeah, funky little suckers. They hang out in Delaware, Ohio. So just to give a shout out since we mentioned it, it's the uh, second actual the second annual Frogman Festival. It will be held on Saturday, March 2nd of 2024 at the Oasis Conference Center in Loveland, Ohio. Doors open at 9.30 a.m. And maybe you'll see us there. Mm-hmm. You might. It could happen. The Crosswick Monster, which is in Waynesville. I don't really know what that is, I'll be honest. The Peninsula Python. Oh, boy. I would love to get Ken's take on this because Ken, even more so than us, has literally crawled over every square inch of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, And if there was a massive python out there, I would assume one of us would know about it. So here's the problem, right? 
and I, I, I read into it back in the day, all right? But until you can confirm more for me that there is a 50-foot python living anywhere. 20 foot. They're saying it's 20 foot in length with a diameter about the same as a truck tire. Oh, well, when I originally read it, it was 50 feet. So, you know, now, delusion of grandeur, whatever. A 20 foot python would um, actually happen. Uh, yeah, it could be a female retic or a female burn. Did somebody just let go and somebody spotted it? Mind you, the very first Ohio winter, that would have been the end It'd of that. Dead. Yeah. But it's possible that somebody released one out there and it just happened to be spotted before winter kicked in and it passed. Absolutely. I mean, trust me, they could live through one of our human-ass Ohio summers. Yeah, our summers, it would be all right. But yeah, uh, as, soon as, forget it, it. as soon as it dropped below 70 degrees, they'd be done. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I can 100% believe that a 20-foot python, a fe- yeah, a female a female python. A female berm or a female retake. Yeah, that would 100% make sense to me. So, that's what I'm going to pass that off as because... We just know that a python wouldn't exist yeah, in Ohio and winter. To be fair, like I never really looked into it enough to see whether or not it was spotted more than one year. In a row. I, I only ever noticed that it was spotted once or twice. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I really don't. We all know about the Ohio Brassman. He's been seen since the late 1700s. Monster Quest even did a show. I think it was season two, episode four was the Ohio Grassman. Monster Quest. Love that show. Yeah. So either way, now that we are at like the 52-minute mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I talk too long? No, not at all. Uh, I think this is kind of what what I had in mind. Anywhere, I do that. Though. Somewhere like, around the hour. You get me on a topic it's and I fine. just kind of go, you know. Uh, the future. Yeah. Future of ghost hunting. If you could decide one piece of equipment, what would it be and what would it do? Oh, I would love to know that, actually. that's Yes, please, let us know. You can actually come and see us on Facebook at No Lights Paranormal. You can email us at nolightsparanormal at gmail.com. You can message me on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn under No Lights Paranormal. I am on X under No Lights Para. Like, please, please talk to us. Let us know. Let us know. We want to know. But I was also asking you. Oh, if I could personally design one piece of equipment, what would it be? Oh, gosh, you got me on the spot there. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of lame in the tech department. So I would have to say that what I would truly want has already been designed. I would really, really, really love to have a geoport. One that does not let off you know, the audible white noise sound because I, my hearing blows and I can't, I can't hear through that to make words out of the the weird crackly audio. But yeah, a geoport would make me just the happiest human being ever. Can confirm I'm, I'm working on that. Yes. <laughs> Those bad boys are extremely expensive because the tech and the time that goes into them is crazy and there's literally one guy there's one guy he who makes, makes each those. one by hand um, he doesn't want to do interviews because he doesn't want to get busier than yeah, there's no is. good reason for for him to get even busier because he has like a real job too so yeah but each one by hand that's pretty impressive and he can put it in you know pretty cabinets or whatever you want to make it like super cool and super special so, so yeah, they're expensive, but I want one. I want one real bad. That's fair. And I mean, going along with that, I would have to say that I would want something that is pretty definitive without actually being definitive. 
Because I feel like once you're definitive and you can say, yes, this exists, like at that point, we're, we're out of fun. I feel that. But what I would like, and I've talked to you and Joe about it, is so we already have these, uh, what are they called? The little box that Joe had, the uh, REM pod. Right? Oh, the REM pod. A REM pod died. Yeah. Our traditional, our traditional REM pod that you think of, the, the red and black circular, uh, it's not even a circle, I guess it's a cylinder, cylindrical, yeah. uh, it kicked the bucket. We had a ghost. Blow it up. Yeah, literally blow it up. I think he, I don't know what the hell happened, but this thing, we were we were trying to clear a negative entity from this house that we had gone to, and the REM pod was, was absolutely going crazy, and this thing was fighting us very, very hard. It clearly did not want to leave. No clue how long it had actually resided in that home. But anyway, point to the story is our REM pod went insane to the point that it literally overloaded itself, and now it doesn't work at all. The point is, I think if I could design anything, I would want an LED light strip that would go down a hall and kind of work similar to a REM pod or an EMF detector. They have I, wanted to, I, want, I would want it to show me how far down the hall, you know, how it, like, almost like a plasma wall. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen those. But I would also like it be, to be hooked up to a camera to trigger when something hits it. The camera goes. The camera takes pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, they do have something similar to that, just light strip that sort of lights up when something gets close to it, but it can come like closer and closer to you. And so the one that I saw, though, it didn't, the light strip didn't, like the whole light strip lit up. Oh, see, no. It was one, not like individually. The one I saw didn't look like that. Like it, you could actually see each light light up as the entity got closer to you. Or maybe I dreamed it. Who the hell knows? But <laughs> I don't know, but that was super cool. Yeah, that would be super. But yeah, I want to know. I want to hear your guys' stories. I want to have you guys on our show to tell about your experiences. I want more. I want more content and more interaction with you guys specifically is is my goal because I think that as a community of uh, paranormal enthusiasts, the only way that we are going to blow and learn as a community and get the answers that we're looking for with the paranormal is for us all to come together put our equipment and our minds and our passion all together and and just make a go of it. Exactly. And this is what I could say. So we will have, over the course of our once a month talks, we will have some exciting paranormal people on here. Mm-hmm. But as far as it goes, like I am more than happy uh, to somebody that follows us on Facebook or somebody that's part of our group, if they want to talk about it, there's no such thing as a paranormal expert to me. Exactly. If there was a paranormal expert, there would be a book written. The shit would be proven. Yeah, they'd be like, boom, this is real. we'd be out of a hobby, really. Exactly. There'd be no, no reason to be doing this and proving it anymore because it's already proven. But yeah, I, I, I just, I, yes. So if any of you guys out there want to talk, hit us up. Yeah, you could be our once a month roundtable. If you have a topic you want to talk about. That's great. We'll spend an hour talking about that. Yeah, and you know what? That's just it. Our guests, yes, I do plan on having quote-unquote celebrity guests. Yeah, starting um, next month, really. In February. Yeah, that's a big one. But I have absolutely no problem having people on that 
are not celebrities at all and just want to shoot the shit about ghosts, dude. Because yeah. I love that. If you've been doing it for a while and you have ideas or if you're brand new and you have questions. Yeah, if you just want to ask us some questions, let's do it. I would love for somebody to be like, oh, hey, let me interview you on your podcast. Cool, let's do this. I'll give you all the answers I can. I will just talk forever if you couldn't tell. It would kind of be a blast to be interviewed on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, please get a hold of us. You already know our socials, but just in case you forgot, No Lights Paranormal on Facebook. No Lights Paranormal at gmail.com. No Lights Para, P-A-R-A, on X. Or No Lights Paranormal on LinkedIn. But we've taken enough of your time. We love you. Have a great night. Yes, please. And don't, yeah, don't let the bed bugs bite. We love you guys. Don't let the bed bug. You mean don't fuck with the Babiaga. Also, don't fuck with the Babiaga. Good night.